All right, good evening to uh, everyone out there. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio, amateur radio. And if you don't know what that is, stick around and uh, we'll try to maybe teach you what it is. But uh, it's a hobby that uh, many of us share. If you're out there tonight listening on International Shortwave on WBCQ, we'd love to hear from you. If you're out there listening on 7490, just wonder where in the world are you? Send us an email, if you would, please, to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. Give us a signal report. Tell us how you're hearing the station. 50,000 watts. You ought to hear it somewhere out there. Give us, a, give us an email. We're not a high-power shortwave, but uh, it does get out. And... Uh, Hey, for all you guys watching tonight, if you ever want to listen to our show, you can hear the audio portion of our show on WBCQ on 7490 on uh, Thursdays, every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 to 7 Eastern Time on 7490. So tune us in sometime and, uh, and uh, check us out there. And likewise, if you're uh, listening on shortwave and you just happen to tune across and find us, you can join our live show. It's a video show. Just by going to W5KUB.com on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. 9 p.m. Eastern, W5KUB. All right, so a couple of things here. I need everybody to do me a favor. That is the old subscribe button. Let me see. Yeah, I put the arrow up there. I need everybody to click on that subscribe button right there. It really helps us out. Uh, we get about 30% of our viewers each week find us just by surfing around on YouTube. And um, that subscribe button will help YouTube to advertise our channel. So I uh, would really like to have you click that. Click the notify button. I'm thinking about having some special webcasts maybe weekly, this week, next week. Uh, just get some uh, really informal things going with uh, uh, the group out there. Uh, I'll be posting out on our Facebook group so you'll know. We'll try to do it in the evening time. Uh, if you will, join our Facebook group. It's called W5KUB. Just search for W5KUB and you can join us. We've got almost 13,000 uh, hams, hams and shortwave listeners in our group now. And... Uh, would uh, love to have you so just click uh, subscribe uh, yeah join us w5kub on facebook let's see what else oh hey you know what many people probably don't know it but we um we're on just about every podcast carrier out there we're on itunes and google play and uh, i don't know uh, well you can see on there itunes just all this stuff and uh, more and more stations are picking us up every week i get a notice every week uh a new station has picked us up. So um, if, you just, uh, if you're driving out in your car or you want to listen to the show, you can listen to it anytime by going to your local uh, podcast carrier and just looking for Amateur Radio Roundtable. And you can listen to us or you can even download the show. So we'd love to have you uh, uh, there too. Uh, I think uh, we've, got about, we've had about 60,000 downloads uh, on our podcast here uh, in the past uh, year or so. Hey, uh, just if you want to know what it looks like up at WBCQ, there it is right there. That's what it looks like up there most of the time. We've got snow on the ground. That's the, that's the, uh, the hard line that goes out to the antenna farm right there. 
and that's uh, WBCQ on 7490. So, uh, let's see. Um, I want to... Um, Hey, I want, we, you know, we've got a few international people that just tune in here, and it's kind of amazing. We have people in Australia that watch the show live on Tuesday nights. Uh, we've got a person here, um, I guess I'm going to pronounce his name right. I hope so. Uh, Wab, W-A-B, Wab. He's in uh, Babil, Iraq. So we've got a station in Iraq that's been tuning in every Tuesday night and watching us. And also I have a friend. Actually, he used to work for me. I've been retired a number of years now, but uh, he's in Belgium. His name is uh, Michel Van Hove, and his call is ON6FH, and uh, I got a nice email from him again today. But uh, about a year ago, he was just going tuning across uh, the videos in uh, YouTube, and he found this great show called Amateur Radio Roundtable, and it surprised him that I was on there because I used to be his boss, and he... He found me by accident, and I thought that was kind of cool. He, he actually recognized me, so I guess I'd, I'm not aging too fast, although looks like I am. But anyway, all right, so let's do this. Glenn, how you doing tonight, Glenn? Come on in here and talk to us, Glenn. Oh, man, hanging in there. Uh, just cranking up on the next book. Uh, finished the last Oh, we call it the administrative piece. It's a checklist that I use to keep track of all the pieces and parts of the book that have to go together. So the book is fully outlined and detailed, and I'm actually building things. I've got the lightning detector, the new version, about two-thirds built right now. It's going to be really nice. It's been fully updated to the new color displays and just all sorts of neat stuff. All right. I don't know what that was. That wasn't me. Maybe my phone here. And about the same time, Bill said he's going to be checking in. There he is right there. So let me that. It wasn't Bill. Can't blame it on him. But I think it was my uh, phone. You know, when it does, uh, when the phone does a little data burst and stuff, uh, sometimes it gets into the microphone. Yeah, and it gets stuff, into so the equipment. I had, it, I had it sitting here. So, okay. Well, great, uh, great news. Uh, you worked late tonight. Um, yeah, I, well, it wasn't so much work late as I had some last-minute shopping. I had to run by Hobby Lobby because uh, I wanted to put the 40-meter CW transceiver into a new case. Oh, yeah, and okay. had to go and get one of the little baseball trophy cases there. And then I had to go to the pool store and get some parts for the pool filter. And it just seemed like... I caught every red light and every traffic jam there was and uh, got home just in time to attend the uh, Olive Branch Club meeting online while I'm cooking dinner and trying to eat dinner. So had to wolf all that down. But, you know, getting ready for Dayton and just all the fun stuff, you know, this is going to be busy time of the year for me. <clears throat> yeah, man, I, you know, uh, I need to start getting ready for Dayton, too. We're four weeks away, man. Used yeah, to hey, unreal. at four weeks, man, at four weeks away for thirty something years, I was out welding uh, uh, conduit together and making tent frames and getting tarps to fit and you know all that stuff. When we were outside, and uh, uh, man, we used to take a lot of stuff up there. We, we had raised flooring, so the water would go under us, and uh, you know, oh man, uh, but we didn't we hadn't been doing that the last five or six years because we've been inside, and uh, yeah. 
So it's been nice being inside. Uh, well, uh, AWRL is going to have me inside. I'm going to be doing book signings and doing their meet the author thing. And uh, Dave Kassler will too. He's going to be there. Well, you know, uh, you know. Let me just thing. say this: if 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 everybody gets the same spots, and I think they they're supposed to this year, the ARL is going to be just right across from us. So, right, I'll be able to see you there uh, from our uh, from our booth there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, it, it's the same place. All right. Well, very and good. Tom, uh, the uh, forum that I'm holding on Friday around noon, that uh, hopefully you'll be able to talk at. We're anxiously waiting to hear what you have to say. Um, that's going to be in one of the big forum rooms this year, forum room three. So uh, you'll have a big audience. Now, uh, I typically don't go to the forums uh, when you say room three. I'm not sure where that is. I know you, I know there's building one, it's, two, and it's three. It's a big one. It's a pretty good-sized one, yeah. So there's... They, uh, they had me in years past. We were in the tent. Yeah, I knew uh, that out back but uh this year we're in a big forum room okay all right cool all right well you need to hey but hey we're four weeks away you need to let me know how much time you want me to take and i i can put something together and you know uh, about 25 minutes okay okay 25 okay yeah it's going up i thought it was 10 to 15 last i talked to you but that's okay 25 no, the okay. more you offer to do the longer it gets uh, that's all right again, so so you know I, I i can talk a little about our experiences with the with the pico balloons of course bill is the master and he's the expert there but uh they can see it from a perspective of a, a kind of a newbie you know and then hey bill i may have you know i may doctor up that little six minute video i've got of where we did the high altitude um and just oh, show, yeah. and show them, good. you know, I mean, we had a little exciting music with it. And, you know, the chase in the car. And, you know, we looked really good out there. And we're kind of there waiting for it to land in our lap, you know. So uh, maybe maybe I can throw that in there and show them there's two types of balloons, you know, that uh, people people do. And uh, I can never figure out how to center myself in your screen. It seems the opposite. You need to go to your right. Go. You need to move to your right. Move to the right. Move to the right. What's that song? And move to the left. Now you got to move to the left. Move to the left. Right there. Stop right there. There you go. <laughs> I'm on uh, supposedly high speed internet now. Uh, Good. I got a uh, hotspot on an iPhone 13. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's doing a lot better than my pitiful dsl i believe so hopefully it'll well, be uh, it, it, better it, it, it's now. looking it's looking really good to tell you the truth and i hadn't yeah, seen it's it pretty high it, you know, for me it's high speed so what it's is it is that like uh is it 5g or something it or no well it can do 5g but okay. it's uh where i live 4g is 4g hey four there's nothing wrong with 4g man it's fast enough for anybody about 10 megabits which uh and five megabits up well, certainly not gig, not uh, not gigabit fiber, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, all I've got is five meg up and twenty five down, so you're good as I am. All yeah, I got, all I got, a, all I got is four hundred and fifty down and twenty three uh, up. Yeah, well, you got plenty of Send some this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm in Mississippi. We've got old data bits, and they just kind of creepy crawl along the line. Now, I'm I'm not I'm not you know I'm not. Um, like Chris, my son there, he's in the chat room. I think he's got a, he's got symmetrical gig, I think. You know, gig down, gig up. You know, I don't know. I, well, you I, heard the story about uh, 
an archaeologist uh, seeing well, how far back uh, telephone service had, you know, you missed, was in certain areas. Have you heard that story? I think you, I, I think you missed one of the shows. I was kidding Glenn about it. Is this about wireless? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dug down so deep and they couldn't find anything, and that proves they were on wireless back then, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we've had that discussion several times, so. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, let me get, uh, let's get, um, uh, Alan in here. Alan, how you doing, man? Come right, on, we're uh, come on hanging here, in huh? there. That's for sure. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've been in again. Uh, work's wrong. been, uh, kind of crazy. Uh, things are starting to open up again. So I'm starting to do some traveling again. So, uh, that's kind of helped me, held me up a little bit. And there's some kind of exciting new stuff that, uh, that my company is working on. And they've had me involved kind of early on with doing some uh, bug testing and prototype testing. And so as a result, I'm doing a lot of work and collaborating with folks in other parts of the world. So I've had you know meetings at 9 or 10 o'clock at night and 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning and things like that to try to be online with a lot of these people. So it's uh, been some crazy hours here. And uh, But uh, otherwise, you know, try to get in here. I'm glad I was able to make it in here tonight. Got uh, something fun to share tonight, just something small, but something fun. And then uh, while we were talking, I did a quick little check of my speed. And it looks like I'm 90 up and 90 down is where I'm, I'm at right now. So it's not too bad. Well, so, that's, uh, uh, that's not bad. Not bad. You know. So we had Fios here for the last you know, 13 yeah. years in this house. Hey, so hey, If a person can get 90, that's plenty, you know. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the 90 up is nice when I put you know new videos up. I can I can upload a you know 10 or 15 minute video in you know two or three minutes, so it, it works yeah. out nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, um, I think you got something special we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, it's, just, it's something fun. So. Yeah. Uh, well, you want to jump on into it? Let's just get. Sure. Let's just get so, right into it. Yeah. One of the last times I was on here, um, I think we hinted at the, the fact that many years ago back in uh, 1987 or so i was having lunch with some folks that i used to work with uh we're at the local watering hole and literally on the back of a napkin we started sketching out what would be the ideal set of tools for an electrical engineer and uh it was just a a bunch of goofy things and um i was joking a couple weeks ago when i was on here that maybe I ought to do a video on that. So that's what I did. So I launched a video on April 1st <laughs> with this Ultimate Electrical Engineer's Toolkit. So I thought what I'd do is I'd play that video for you here. It's only it's a little less than four minutes long, so it's nice and short. Yeah. And then maybe what I thought we'd do is have a little bit of a discussion afterwards of what maybe the Ultimate Ham Radio Toolkit might look like. So there's really a real good electrician, electronics guy. There's only two tools that he needs. Yeah. Duct tape and WD-40. Uh, that, that's the mechanical engineer's toolkit. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> true. So, all right. So let's let me let me share uh, share this with you, and then we'll we'll play around with it afterwards here. So hang on just a second. So here we go. Sound should come through on this as well. In today's video, I've got something really interesting to show you. I've come up with the ultimate electrical engineer's toolkit. And this one happens to be the Analog Designer's Edition. Let's take a look at what's inside. Up first is our tub of margin. No, not tub of margarine, but a tub of margin. Now just add a scoop of this to your latest design. Whenever you need a little more gain margin or phase margin, 
or even some design or specification margin. Now this next item is a little specific to people who might be designing common emitter or common source amplifier designs and are plagued with the Miller effect, the magnification of the collector to base capacitance. A little shot of this spray will help get rid of that nasty effect. Increase your bandwidth and do so without the increased cost of using a cascode circuit. Now this next item is something we all can use every once in a while. A little anti-noise foam. Quiet down your next design with this special blend of flicker antigens, shot dampeners, and a light foamy anti-Johnson base. This will do wonders for your noise figure. Now this next item is especially useful when you're prototyping circuits or even after you've built them. This is the parasitic pesticide. Scare away those annoying puffs of capacitance, nanohenries of inductance, and any stray leakage paths, etc. After all, you didn't design your circuit with those in mind, so why should you have to deal with them? This next item is a favorite amongst most designers. It is the ideal cream. Make that component ideal. You want an ideal diode? Rub a little bit of this on your 1N914. Works on about any type of component, but use it very sparingly. You still have to interface with the real world. Next is another favorite amongst most designers, a box of assorted DBs. What design couldn't use a couple of extra DBs of supply rejection? Grab a handful whenever you need some more common mode rejection ratio, some more gain or dynamic range. And with the negative DBs, now you can get some better gain flatness, ideal filter responses, and really good harmonic rejection. Now no design kit is complete without a complete GAD system. Not CAD system, but GAD system. This is the graphite-aided design system. The system, known as the old number two, is a slender yellow instrument. The insert add mode is accomplished with the resharpenable end over here. And the delete mode is handled by the flexible orange end of the tool. Completely portable, very lightweight, and uses no batteries. Next up is the table of universal fudge factors. Can't seem to make your numbers match or your equations mesh? Plus, no more. Our universal fudge factors will make any data correlate and any relationship believable. Now one of my personal favorites is the tolerance trimming tools. Use these special tools to trim out the tolerance of any component in your design. Don't pay for expensive 0.1% components ever again. Another favorite in the corporate world is our powerful deadline solvent. Don't let unrealistic project schedules stress you out. A drop or two of this powerful solvent will relieve you of late deliveries, fab shutdowns, vendor delays, and unexpected design problems. And last but not least, necessity in every lab is a can of management repellent. You find it hard to concentrate with your boss breathing down your neck? This formula is guaranteed to keep away the brass so you can get some real work done. This is the lab fogger that's also available in hanging pest strips. There you have it, the ultimate electrical engineer's toolkit analog designers edition. I hope you enjoyed today's video. If you haven't subscribed already, please consider doing so. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks again as always for watching. All right. That was good. I, I thought you'd like that. That was good. You know, I noticed there there was one thing you had in that kit that goes back 50 years. We used it 50 years ago. Your that noise spray that you've got. That noise foam, yeah. I think it was called your your noise spray. I remember growing up there, my uncle in the TV shop. You know, car radios and stuff, the, the volume controls, that get real noisy, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he had a little deal where, uh, actually, we didn't have to pull the radio out to get to it. He had a little little pumper deal that he put the fluid in, and then it screwed on the front of the shaft of the uh, 
of the uh, potentiometer, and you just press that and squeeze it in there. So they had noise right. spray stuff. That, that that that's some good stuff. Now I don't know about all that other stuff. But the <laughs> boss spray might be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that I had some people comment on that uh, they said, "Well, hey, where's the where's the uh, magic magic smoke reinjector?" Exactly. Yeah, well, like it, it was on back order, so sorry I couldn't show. Uh. <laughs> Supply chain we had, problems. You we know. had an article in '73 about antenna wax yep. uh, that allows the RF to slide off your antenna much much easier. Nice, I like it. Well, that's what yeah. I was wondering. We ought to try to come up with some. You know, it was probably a, this was the analog designers edition. Uh, we yeah. got to come up with one for amateur radio. We can come up with one for the digital. Well, designers, I, I know, I know. There's design. that, like Bill's talking about. There's that SDR, uh, SWR grease out there. It's supposed to bring grease, SWR yeah. down. You know, that's the one we can yep. use. Uh, it was the, the same people that design wax for surfboards. They they made one for antennas for our. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it that's... also comes in a spray version. Yeah. Now, the one thing I noticed about your brass repellent, uh, we did a project and all the brass came to view it, and of course it failed. Thirty minutes after they left, it worked perfectly, and it was just us engineers. So there is something <laughs> called the brass factor. It really does have an effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I, I, the only thing I couldn't find is that, you know, that the management repellent is the lab fogger and also available one of those like hanging pest strips, you know, like the, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find one of those to kind of sh- hold up there, but so at least I had the, the can of uh, the fogger. <laughs> well, uh, and, and you know, I, I think no kit's complete unless you have a kryptonite paraphase thunderbolt grease slapper. There you well, go. Well, you also need a BFH in there. Yes. The, yes. the extra large hammer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. We had a few comments in the chat room here with some uh, yep. interesting comments. Uh, most of them were talking about the smoke. I guess more people let the smoke out. Yeah. They would like a way to put I'm it back in. I'm not letting smoke out. I'm not doing anything. Well... Yeah. yeah. Well, they say every every single product that you can design is a smoke generator if you use it wrong enough. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was, uh, was like cool. I said, literally, I put that list together with a friend of mine that I like, I used to work with. We we're having a couple of beers over lunch. This is you know a year into a year or two into starting working at a, a startup company, so lunches were always fun. And uh, anyway, I kept that over all all the years and. Actually, I had a list of it up on my website for a long time, and said, "You know, maybe it's time to make a little video of it." So, I, my wife and I, kind of spent some time joking around with uh, coming up with what the labels ought to look like and printing them out and taping them. Those, on those were nice looking labels. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they were. So, uh, if you, hey, people in the chat room, if you have some ideas, uh, shoot them, uh, shoot us a note, and uh, maybe uh, Alan can add that to uh, his video. Maybe expand it next time. Uh, there's a couple of requests in there. Uh, Doc's requesting the link to that, so yeah, I, guess I, put, I did put the link YouTube. up there. So uh, okay. the link's in the chat right now. So uh, that'll take you right to that. So you want to send that off to your your EE friends, and hopefully they'll enjoy that. So. All right, guys. Oh, okay. I tell you what. Let's everybody just stand by. We'll be back here in just a, a second. Didn't get everything on your holiday list. Now is the time to spice up your ham shack with ICOM's new ID52A handheld. This radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out. The ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual bander 
with D-Star and FM dual mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex and worldwide calls over the D-Star Internet Gateway. The ID52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android phone. Features include a wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144 through 148 and 440 through 450 MHz. It has an integrated GPS receiver including grid square location. It also has a micro USB for data transfer, programming, and charging, and it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. Oh, well, this would be a good time to remind everybody to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Hey, you know, right before the show, I, hey, I had to troubleshoot something. I'll, I'll just tell you guys right now. You may have wondered why I came on a little late. Uh, Kathy is at her home over in North Carolina, and uh, the house we water we winterize it, you know, to keep it from freezing, the pipes from freezing up, and so forth. And um, so she was over there, got there about dark. It's a ten-hour drive. She called me from under the house. We um, we have a lot of valves under there, you know, for the water system, the water pump, and all that stuff. And there's there's uh, valves for uh, for drains and valves to turn on and bypass valves. And I can't remember where that was. She called me and didn't have any water. I go, oh no, man, this is not good. Right before the show starts, man, she's under the house. I guess she's probably got a flashlight under there. And uh, trying to figure out, this is going to be a bad night if they don't have water. But uh, we were able, we were able to figure out the combination of all the different valves there and handles, and we got our water tonight. So that was uh, that was good. Hey guys, uh, hey, I want to talk to you a minute about W5KUB 110, and look where it is. Let me show you. It is. Right there. It is just passing uh, Korea, South Korea. They made some miles today. They were over China. Yeah, China is a big country. I mean, I thought we were going to never get out of China, you know. I thought we were going to never, ever get out. But um, it looks like uh, we've just passed uh, South Korea, and uh, we've passed the very just bottom tip. Looks like we'll be over Japan here in maybe another half hour or so. I'm guessing. I, I don't know exactly how far that is. Um, I guess I could do this. I nice thing about the, all these tracking programs and stuff. Watch this, guys. I'm gonna grab the little tape measure here. I'm gonna put a little tape measure right there, and I'm gonna stretch it out to right there. And we are, well, it's about 130 miles uh, to shore. 
about 130 miles. So, um, and we're doing, we are doing, let's see, what are we doing here? We're doing 141 miles an hour. So we're going to be there before the show is over tonight. So we're going to go right, uh, right up uh, uh, to Japan here. Let's see what our course is going to be. Go to, uh, let's go to Hab Hub. And this is your uh, second lap, uh, Yeah, this your is on the lap. second. This is the second lap. How many days have you been flying? Um, are the days we have been up, if you look right here, we've been up 22 days, 10 hours, and 15 minutes. And I don't know why we have such a delay here. Uh, I but, ordered uh, uh, a batch of the balloons from Yokohama. Balloons, yeah. And it arrived on my doorstep two days after i ordered it you know i saw your 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 comment about that bill and you know i i, I was surprised i think i had mine in four days i was totally surprised four days for it arrived right yeah. as a torrential thunderstorm hit that evening and i didn't know it was on the doorstep when they delivered it yeah. in the evening well, yeah, four days, four it days all the way from well. four days from so. Japan, and I think you got yours in two days from Japan. That's all right, so here's our projected path. Here looks like we're gonna go right across mid, well, bottom part of Japan here, and we're gonna take a little curve up. Looks like we're gonna go up toward uh, Alaska a little bit. Did you go over Wuhan again? Yeah, time. man, we fly over Wuhan every single time here. So man, here, I hope that uh, those bugs don't fly that high. Yeah. So I'm guessing we're going to just kind of go up a little bit here, and then we'll eventually come back down. And Oh, man. Hey, when this is where, get, hey. When the ants land, you're going to have to put them in one of those quarantine chambers like they did for the Apollo 11. Well, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this kind of reminds me of the scenario of 108. We actually went down, down there near uh, Baja California, Baja California, and that's where we crashed in a storm. So this is looking kind of about the same path here, to tell you the truth. Um, but uh, you know, we. Uh, I think we're going to pick up some speed now. Maybe we'll make up a little bit of time here. Uh, it's looking looking pretty good. And uh, storm wise, I don't think we have any major storms uh, in the way. So we'll. Uh, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. Hopefully, we'll finish lap two here, and then we can go on for lap lap three. So this yeah, new, this I've new got balloon. a new uh, addition for Alan's uh, toolkit there. What do you got? thought of this one uh, a solar powered slide rule solar powered slide rule okay yeah and make a good Arduino yeah. project there you yeah. go. <laughs> well you can only work during the daytime Not yeah. you just put a, put a super cap on it well yeah maybe you know we're not running we're not running super caps anymore guys on our balloon i decided that we didn't need it and uh, with our whisper transmitter, we don't need it. And that took about two and a half grams of weight off. That's what helped us get our, our total weight down to about a little over seven grams. So um, I've uh, been real happy with that. I figure a couple of things that Glenn could probably use is uh, if you pile or accelerator. <laughs> and uh, 
Universal debugger. Now the debugger part would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, debug spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be good. We were actually uh, looking through sheets of paper for bugs good old days. Oh, yeah. Apple II code, and it was that fan-fold paper with the perforated strips down the side. And I submitted the bug report of all bug reports. I had circled it in a big red marker. The paper company had actually pressed a fly into the paper. So I circled it and put the bug on. Because <laughs> they gave us like a bonus for every bug we would find in the software. And I actually got a pizza out of that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> It has been forever since I've seen green bar paper. I just found some. It was in the barn. <laughs> oh, wow. We yeah, I have a question for you guys. Have, have any of you guys had a chance to play with or seen uh, this little, uh, I think it's a, what's a four band or eight band um, HF transceiver, a little QRP transceiver called an FX4C? I haven't seen, I haven't it. seen that one. So uh, I, I'd seen I'd seen a little bit about it, and you know it's, it's a nice like it's like a five or ten watt rig. It's about the size of you know, maybe two packs of cigarettes. It's got a uh, nice color display on it with a waterfall, um, AM FM, excuse me, AM CW single sideband. Um, looks like it's, basically it's an SDR, but it really looks like a really well executed SDR. So uh, I went and I went and pulled the trigger on one and. It's basically made by a guy in China, and um, it was just a one-man operation. And probably two days before I pulled the trigger on it, uh, his area got locked down by the government, so they can't even ship anything. So, uh, so he said, as soon as restrictions lift, he's got my unit and like six others that he's got to ship off to the U.S. So I got to wait a little while for it. But, uh, you know, but Ali like Express cool has something very similar to that. About yeah, but it, any of these other places you buy it, because if you just do a search on FX-4C, you'll find some on you know AliExpress and eBay and a bunch. But they all charge you more than if you go directly to the guy who's oh, yeah. makes them. Yeah, so. I've got one of those ATS-20 or 25, yeah. the, the SI-4735 yep. based uh, right. receiver, but it's not a SDR transceiver like yeah. that. I, I saw, saw that other one. I saw one advertised on our Facebook group here. It was a, I forget what they call it, SDR, but I think it was like a five watt transmitter. It it, it would transmit anywhere, basically. Yeah. I have yeah. spent more money on AliExpress in the past six weeks than I have in the past seven years. Yeah, uh, just, it, just, it just makes me nervous. And you know, sometimes that you hear the rumors of the stuff you get, this you know, fake products and things like that. So I just I'd rather, I'd rather go to the source. Uh, K9 SZZ SZX and Mark in the chat room posted a link to QRZ uh, Now dot com article on the FX four C. That's a neat little radio. It, it looks really neat. I'm look you know look forward to playing with it. Um, you know, because I really like the um, the QRP Labs QCX that I have. But it's single band and single mode, so I thought this uh, this might be another fun one to bring on vacation and bring out in the field. So, got a built-in USB sound card. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do all the digital modes directly that way. It's uh, 
you know, and a couple of videos I saw, the audio quality on it with that built-in speaker is actually pretty darn good for, for what it is. Like my QCX, I've got to put an external speaker or headphones on it to use it. But of course, it costs a lot more than the QCX does, but you know, I'll let my YouTube revenue pay for it. <laughs> it's got a price tag, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many neat things out there, man. I, was, I, I want to buy one of everything out there. I know. I know. Oh. I've been doing research for the new book. And one of the paths I've been going down is on the new Raspberry Pi RP2040 Pico. And they are going gangbusters on the variations on that. And I found where somebody has taken that Pico and moved it on to the Arduino Nano footprint, so it is now virtually a plug-in replacement for an Arduino Nano. Except now you get the 133 megahertz dual-core Cortex processors. What is it? Two gig of RAM, four gig of RAM, something like that. Or no, it's 256 meg of RAM and four gig of flash. It's it's absolutely amazing. Doc, LED with it. Doc just posted $75 Honda generators. I, I saw that on Facebook just 10 minutes ago. Somebody's showing they've got like 100 of these generators, and they say they can't sell them or they're overstocked. And I think it's the same one Doc is probably talking about. They're wanting to sell all these quiet-running Honda generators for $75 a piece. Glenn, why don't you order about four or five of them? No. If you dig down deep into that and start dealing with some of them, what they are is they're literally nothing more than reorder places, and they don't have any stock. But they'll take your order and wait on it, and eventually they'll get stock and send you something, but it may not be what you ordered, and then you're stuck. I had that happen to me two or three times oh, with some products. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll refund your money if you ship it back to us. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna yeah. ship a four dollar card all the way back to China. It costs twenty five bucks just to get it halfway there, and they know this. Yeah. They play this little game. But granted, though, it's only a handful. Most of them are quite reputable. For example, with AliExpress and Banggood, and through eBay and Amazon, I haven't had any issues. Uh, and if there are the well, I've, I've had two or three issues, but the parent company like Amazon, PayPal, or eBay resolved the issue for me and got my money back. Yeah. But yeah, $75 generators, uh, they probably generate 30 hertz square waves would be my guess. You know, I had, I had uh, a couple of these little uh, $99 uh, generators, you know, mix the oil gas, you know, they're, uh, they're 800, 900 watt. Those things are about useless, man. You know. Yeah, they send you a bicycle, you know. Yeah, yeah. Generator. Yeah. Hey, guys, we're going to open up the Zoom in a little while. Uh, hopefully, we can get a lot of uh, participation. Or uh, what's the other word? Uh, instead of participation, uh, precipitation. Maybe we can get a lot of precipitation tonight uh, from you guys out there and, and join us tonight. Hey, uh, before I do that, hey, Bill. Um, Take a look at this. Uh, I'm working with a, a friend, and Bill, we're uh, we're making a few little mods to the board. Look at that. What do you think, Bill? 
see you adding on to is that. Bill, is Bill there? Yeah, Bill's there. Bill must have left. I'll have yeah, to. I mean, he's probably yeah. eating dinner. So, so, Bill, all the parts are going to be either 60, uh, what, 603 or 805. You can use big parts. I, I, I'd probably stick the 603s on there. They're not that much bigger. And oh, yeah. and we got the 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 the, the break off, the break off programmer, and uh, we're putting a uh, we're putting a uh, on the break off there. I'm having a uh, GPS lock LED put on the break off because we don't need it on the board, and a few other things like that. But uh, and uh, we've replaced that little bitty tiny bleak high side switch with a uh, MOSFET. And uh, we're going to see what happens here. But there it is. It ain't going to be any lighter. It's just going to be different. Right. It's going to be a little... Easier little, to solder would be, would be good. You know, I, I like the fact it's going to have the uh, programming plug on there. Uh, I, I hate having solder those wires on there. And, and if I take them off, then I have to put them back on and, you know. Yeah, that that header's a nice way to do it. So we're gonna we're gonna try this and see uh, see how it how it works here. All right. Um. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and post the uh, Zoom link. Let's see if we got any early birds that might join us here. And uh, all I gotta do is find it. I'm going to have a meeting with everyone. I'm, I'm going to try to have a meeting, and I'm going to invite uh, our viewers to join me on uh, Zoom one night to see if there's something we can do to um, to uh, get things jumping again, get the excitement back in the show. Uh, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to get some people out there and put them on our payroll, just like I pay Bill and and Alan and 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 Glenn. In fact, uh, don't tell them, but I'll give you 10% more than what we're paying them. But I'd like to get a few people here to be like our, our, our media, uh, media uh, part of our media coordinators that maybe help us. To, uh, Tom, I was trying to uh, do my taxes yeah? with, your, uh, with your W-2 form, and I couldn't divide zero by zero. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, I'd like to try to get some people to. Uh, I'd, I'd like to get our nets started back up. Our nets started back up. Uh, I think we just yeah. need to form a union here. Yeah. Go with the zero. And I'd issue. like to get some people to help <clears throat> on here uh, <coughs> with social media. Some people that have you know great Twitter accounts, Twitter accounts, uh, great uh, Facebook type accounts, and you know help us get the word out about the show and. Uh, and help us, you know, find people to bring on to the show. So we're probably going to have a, uh, you know, probably have a, a, a Zoom meeting here in the next few days. I'll post it on our Facebook group, and uh, we'll just get a group together and talk about it, and we'll see where it goes. All right, I just posted the Zoom link if people would like to call into it. Again, I was, I'm saying hello out there to Michelle Van Hove. If you're listening, Michelle, you're probably watching this. Recorded. So anyway, hey, there in Belgium, O N six F H. Hello, Michelle. 
All right. Yeah, the good news is I have been ordering parts and getting them uh, in a reasonable amount of time, you know, two or three weeks for 90% of the parts I've been ordering. And I've been digging for some new and unique and different parts. And, I mean, I've actually graduated. I bought me a QFN 20 package and a, uh, a dip carrier for a, uh, a new chip. Well, not a new chip, but an old chip that I want to want to play with. And the only way I can get it is in a QFN package. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go surface mount, but I'm slowly kind of halfway being drugged there a little bit. Yeah. Well, I can, I, can, I can handle some surface mount. It's just there's a couple, two or three little surface mount things that just drive well, me those, crazy. Those microscopic size ones you do, no, I couldn't do it. Well, the, you know what? The resistors to capacitors, even though they're microscopic, I have no problem with those. The problem I have is when I get a little chip that's got 10 pins on it, and that chip's about the size of a, it's less than the size of a flea or a, a speck of pepper. That's what I have. That's what I have problems with, man. That's beyond me. And uh, oh man, and I don't know how Bill does it. I know Bill's. I think he's Bill. You're starting to build up some right now, aren't you? By manual process. Yeah. Yeah. I I still can't get enough parts to use an assembly house. I have to have them order. Oh man. So, uh, they're trickling in. Microcontrollers. I finally got. A handful in from China it took six weeks. They're like seven bucks a piece plus postage. Yeah, and they're yeah. normally dollar seventy. Yeah, but but now and one I told you uh, last show or two uh, there was a place in Australia that has eighteen thousand of the yeah microcontrollers. They wanted forty seven dollars a piece for them. Well, hey, what's that? Uh, what's that? Uh, the GPS module that I'm using now—it's—it's it, it's only a few bucks, isn't it? ATGM. Yeah. No. Um, so. You know, it, I don't—you're not using that one yet, right? You ought to—you ought to switch over no, to. No, I, I still have a hundred of the Max yeah. Eight, so I'm going to use those. That would greatly cut your cost down, I think, on your boards, and maybe you could afford the uh, the uh, 328P chips then. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. everything's gone up, so um, yeah. this, the cost of the boards are um, really dramatically skyrocketing. You know, I can't believe this. I posted the link. We have absolutely zero people that have clicked on our link tonight. Is that the link? Yes, yeah, the link. And I took a shower now. I know I did. Saturday. Wait a minute. Something's not working. Fortunately, we don't have smell-o-vision yet, right? Right. My keyboard's not working. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wrong keyboard. There we <laughs> go. Only got 10 there we go. Maybe on. maybe that's why. Maybe that's why nobody joined, because I posted, I, I, I pasted the link in a while ago, and I hit enter, but I hit it on the wrong keyboard. <laughs> Actually, I saw the link in the chat room. Oh, did you? So you got okay. it in there. Yeah. Yeah, there we got somebody. Yeah, we got a couple people there. Let's see. We got Bill in here, WZ1L. 
Looks like Charlie's in there. We'll get Charlie in there. Charlie's always got a lot of interesting things going on, man. He's, he's fun to talk to. Yeah, he's the one that got me involved with that 100-watt uh, tuner that I've been playing with. Yeah. So, just about ready. To, once, the, once we get some decent dry weather for a change, I'm going to take it out to the car and start playing with it. Oh boy, I haven't clicked on something I didn't want to click on. There we go. Down there, Charlie. There we go. Hey, Charlie, how you doing? Talk to us. Let's, let me see how your signal is from your way. There you are. Hello. Come on in here, man. Hey, you're coming in 5'9 plus 50 over. Yeah, I, have, I think light is getting into the camera somewhere. Somehow, you must yeah. have the camera aimed just right, man. You're strong. You got a strong signal in here. Last week, I've, 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 I didn't come in. I've, I didn't forget. It was, uh, you know, it was Wednesday uh, before I realized. <laughs> Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're, that's about a day late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Nice. Uh, no, it's not a shirt. It's a nice uh, shirt. That's not a shirt, right? Um, um, Glenn. No, Glenn. Oh, Glenn, Glenn yeah, shirt? It, it is a shirt. The demon child is somewhere. He was up here a little while ago. Yeah. Great yeah. shirt. Yeah. This is literally, it looks just like her face. I, you know, it was just a commercial oh, shirt. Oh, wow. But, yeah. Uh, it looks just like her face. Really cool. You know, Tom got on me at FreeFest about the wearing the same shirts over and over again, so I dragged some of my cat show shirts out. Well, look, hey, I, yeah, you Dwayne, let me tell you, Dwayne, Dwayne at, at LDG sent me an email, and he said, we need to buy Glenn some new shirts. And he said, I'm good for the first four. And he said, Tom, you can buy the, the second four. Well, I'm not so sure I'm going to buy you any more shirts, man. I was going to say, you know, get with Ron over there at Gold Medal Ideas, and yeah, he'll give yeah. you a discount on three or four, and you can pocket the difference. Well, my, maybe, maybe so. We'll get, uh, we'll have to get Dwayne to get those shirts ordered, man. <laughs> so yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be up at uh, you're gonna be up at uh, the RL booth, and you gonna have any free right. time, or are you gonna be tied down okay. most of the time? No, there? I'm only gonna be doing you know little hour stints on Friday and Saturday and any other time I want a chair to sit down in because it's, you know, kind of a dedicated chair. And uh, so, I'm, you know, they said, you know, anytime you want to, just come on by and we'll set you up. And I saw, you know, Dave Kastler's on the list as well because he's their new uh, question and answer guy. Okay. Uh, he replaced, uh, who was it, Joel Hallis did the, the question in QST. Uh, yeah. Dave's taking that over. Well, again, as I've told people on the show before, we are not going to stream uh, Hamvention this year uh, like we have in all the other years. It's just uh, we want to try to go up and enjoy one year. We haven't enjoyed a year in about 19 years. This is our 39th year, I think. And we want to just get out and look around, and I might buy some old boat anchors or something. I like the boat yeah. anchors. I like the stuff outside, man. Oh, yeah. I, you know, that's yeah. the first thing I do when I get there is I make 
make the run of the entire flea market. And you gotta gotta remember this one little tip. If you see something and you like it and you say I'll come back, buy it then because when, by the time you get back, it's either gone or you can't remember where that vendor was or their sold yeah. out. Yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, I, you know. I, I just like buying crazy junk, man. I mean, you know, I mainly if I can get some nice parts out of it. A lot of times you can get, you know, gold-plated oh, yeah, coils and, you know, nice capacitors, rotary capacitors, and motorized right. stuff. And, you know, hey, maybe I can find me an old ART-13 up there or something, you know, with the motorized oh, capacitors and stuff, stuff in it, man. That's what I need well, to do. I, find, I need to bring, I I need to bring home a couple of ART-13s. That's what I need. Oh, yeah. There you go. I'm not sure. Well, if I, I find anything that I want that's that big, I'll get, give it to you to haul it back home for me. I can I can do that. We'll have our <laughs> truck, and we will not be flying. we will not be overloaded like we are normally. So anything you need brought back to Memphis, we can bring it back. Yeah, uh, just, you can you can take like ten percent out of my paycheck. Well, I'm just going to look through whatever you brought back and take ten percent of that. <laughs> you know. But you know, I'm flying, so I'm only going to have about a fifteen the 20 pound extra weight left in my bag before i have to buy a second one so yeah well hey i i've even got some uh i've even got some racks that go on top of my uh, my topper i think i'll take those racks with me in case we want to buy something long you know like 20 feet long or something uh, yeah well you know we'll buy a couple sections of roan tower yeah yeah and that way we can throw those up there on the top and you know uh you know bungee them down and uh yeah, couple couple of two meter repeater antennas. Yeah, so we are going to do some video, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll try to get some nice video and stuff, and that'll give us something to do on Tuesday nights. After that, we'll probably, uh, you know, maybe we'll do uh, uh, the inside vendors one night, and we'll do the outside stuff another night. But uh, it's going to, uh, I think it's going to be nice to be able to do it. Now, one thing I I used to always buy when I went up here. And you know, Glenn, there was many years that I went to Dayton and I didn't spend twenty-five cents. <laughs> you know, but but the biggest thing that I have bought over the years was I'd always bought heat shrink tubing. Yes. You know, uh, a bundle of different heat shrink tubing, and I'm about I'm really out of the small stuff that I use on everything, and I'm contemplating do do I buy it up there? I mean, I went to Harbor Freight. You know, they sell it, but they're, they're kind of expensive, actually. Yeah, they and, really are. We and, and they don't, it out. They don't have that good a selection there. So, and no. I thought, well, hey, you can buy anything on eBay. So I start looking for it on eBay, and I'm not real satisfied with what I'm seeing on eBay. So, and I don't know. No, I, I got a couple of nice rolls of it somewhere, but Huntsville is traditionally where I buy those three-foot-long sticks of heat shrink from the one guy there. And that's where I've been getting most of my heat shrink from. Yeah, and, well, I, uh, I do need to get some this time. So just hey, remind me that if you see a good deal up here, uh, I want to I want to latch on to it, man. Yeah, well, that's really what I'm looking for is a whole bunch of odds and ends type stuff. I'm probably gonna buy the uh, the big rigs, but I'm just gonna order them there and have them ship them to me, so I don't have to pay tax and stuff on the on the thing. Yeah. Because Gigaparts will ship from Alabama, from Alabama to Mississippi, and there's no no tax. 
a lot of people would actually ship the empty box and they'd give you the radio. Well, well I don't yeah. think they're going to do that with an FT-101 MP. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I'm not sure I want to try to get a 101 MP on the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you could throw it in the back of my truck. Yeah, yeah, I'll never see it if I do that. Yeah, I I I have some bubble paper back, yeah. bubble wrap yeah. or something. You can you'll, wrap you'll it. You'll send me a note saying, you know, I can come and play with it every third weekend or something. Yeah. Hey, Ron, uh, K9 ID gold medal. Uh, he uh, he just uh, put in a chat room. Uh, they're going to be in building two. You know, they were. I think in the t- was building three the tent last year. I think it was. No, one no. two. No, no, that was the the tent before. Building three is the building to the west. Right. Well, he said instead of building three, but you know what? I, I think he was in the tent. Le- tent well, no, I won't say last building year. building three the last time. Oh, he was? I flat out missed him. I oh, did okay. not see well, you know, booth. Oh, man. I just walked right past it or something. Well, he'll uh, he's going to be in building two with us. Nice thing about the two buildings, if you guys haven't been to Xenia yet, there's building, uh, there's like three semi-large buildings one two and three and we're in number two and they have little covered walkways uh, between them now there are a couple other buildings like four and five they're really small that some people get put into i didn't particularly like it over there because i felt really isolated you know in that little room uh but uh you know hey it is going to rain this year I, i i there's no doubt it will rain this year and uh uh, I saw on Facebook somebody posted a picture and says, I've been to Hamvention one time that it didn't rain. Once. Now, yep. I think in 39 years, I can remember maybe three three years that it did not rain. I was going to say, the first year I went, uh, there was the tornado warnings on the drive up. Yeah. But. By the time I got there, the weather was not bad. But then there was a year that had the, the bad weather in the middle of the day while we were there. And then, yeah. uh, you know, last time it was just beautifully sunny the whole well, weekend. Hey, we've had, hey, there's been a bunch of weekends where it rained and poured down the entire weekend, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Well, what about the snow, Tom? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I ain't, I ain't got to that yet. Snow, so I had not got uh, <laughs> hadn't got to that yet, but let me tell you, there have been times where it rained the entire weekend, but That's then there's scary. other times where it might have just rained it was, on uh, Friday. 83? Maybe yeah, it was 83, fr- David. It, 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 it was on the hand bench uh, when they held it at the end of April. Yeah. When they were holding it in April, it, it definitely snowed Oh yeah, uh, yeah. in the flea market. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and that's, that's the year I upgraded to technician, I remember, because it snowed. And I said to my friend that I came from D.C. with, I says, well, I says, uh, we're going to be able to get out there. He goes, oh, he says, it's easy. He says, just get in the car and drive. I says, okay. Well, <laughs> well I was in Xenia the first year. Remember the mud pit? You know, that oh. oh, yeah, yeah. That was a that was oh. a That, that was, was knee deep in mud, man. They had it was thirty-five dollars, Glenn, to clean the undercarriage of my rental car oh, yeah. before I turned it in. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, man. It, it was probably that much to clean my boots because and, Tom, and Tom's then. got me on. Tom's got me on video with those boots. Literally, oh, yeah. I had you know calf-high boots, and the mud was up to my thigh. 
Just about. Yeah. Those electric carts that the people were running, they'd run them out there and they'd get <laughs> moved back out again. If they got out. Yeah, they've they've run them in yeah. there. They've like, no, that's there for life. Well, it will. I mean, you know, hey, let's just exactly. face it, guys. Let's go, if, if anybody's watching and you're going to Dayton, Xenia, man, carry. You need to carry some warm clothes. You need to carry some cool clothes. You need yeah, to carry rain gear. Lotion, you because know, you know, hey, I, I, I tell you, and I, I've seen some bit. really high winds there, man. I, you know, we used to always put tents up outside and pretty significant sized tents, you know. And I saw one. Way. I saw one one time. The wind picked it up, and it took it over two aisles, and it landed two hour two aisles over, man. And what yeah, we used to, did, yeah. What we used to do when we would set up outside, we would we'd set our tent frame up. Like as I mentioned, I, I welded uh, a conduit, and we had you know bolts in it where it would slip together, and you tighten the bolt down, and and we'd tarp it. But when we get there, we would go up to Lowe's or Home Depot, I forget which one now, and we'd buy about, I don't know, about 800 pounds of sand and bring it back and put about four bags on, you know, every every leg there. I have a friend there. Well, hey, I, I, Bill knows who he is. I don't know which one it is. One of the crazies. But uh, he, uh, he used to always take our sand home, and uh, he actually used it in a sandblaster. It was uh, pretty fine enough that he could use it in a sandblaster and every yeah. year every year he would take home about 15 or 20 bags of sand and we did that we did that for like 10 years man i mean he had a whole barn <laughs> full of it you know but despite oh, the weather we still uh, love it yeah yeah i i have to say something though uh bill w a w b a e l k w a e l k yeah all right um him uh Nearfest slash Hoss Traders is next weekend. And oh, wow. uh, I, I will mention I will mention your name to a few of those people that I know up there uh from uh, your your local area there. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh wish I could make that. that that's a fantastic hamfest. Well we got one in October. You can get on it. <laughs> okay. Think about that one. Joe Eisenberg showed up at the at the October. Let's see, it was Joe Eisenberg, uh, Katie, Dwayne, and I, uh, two or three others there that were out at Hamvention. And I says, "Wow!" I says, "That's really interesting. See you on my my side of the world." <laughs> hey, if anybody if anybody does see Joe uh, recently or in the future. I sent him an email today. I, I haven't heard from him in a long time, and I invited him on his show tonight uh, to see if he had anything you wanted to talk about, but uh, he I guess he didn't get my email. I didn't get a response from him. I talked to him about two weeks ago. Yeah. Or texted with him about two weeks ago. Well, I was asking him about every week or so, you know, uh, but he didn't even have anything new or he was traveling. And so he had, had to keep putting us off, putting us off. And then uh, I thought I'd try again today, but uh, he must be out somewhere. Now, now Bill, at that Nearfest, uh, do you remember the Tuna 10 transmitters that were on QS2? Tuna 10? Tuna 10? Tuna, tuna, tuna 10. Tuna yeah. 2, tuna yeah. I think it was yeah. called. Rex and, Harper makes them. And anyways, uh, the original with the little Dymo label right. on it, um, it 
uh, disappeared after the uh, that uh, article was published, and they wanted it for their museum uh, at the ARRL. Hmm. And uh, I think it was Ed Harris telling me the story that he went to uh, the Nearfest, and there it was sitting on a pile of junk that somebody was selling. They wow. had no idea how they came about it. They said, I bought it at a ham fest years ago. And wow. so there it was. You, so you can find wow. anything in their face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, because I was going to say, and, I and, saw and it's it not expensive ARRL. either. Oh, it's an ARRL function, uh, sanctioned uh, uh, thing. Uh, <laughs> New England has to have their their two, you know, one one in the uh, one in the spring, one in the fall, and we got ham exposition slash uh, what was the box barrel there, and uh, uh, I guess it's in August again uh, this this year. So they've already got me settled uh, in for the tech in a day, and uh, oh god, I mean uh, with all these remote tests that I've been given in the last week and a half, I mean we. We must have went through 300 people that were crazy to, you know, get their license before the uh, the 19th, and they had to pay 35 off. Yeah, I think today is the day, wouldn't it? That the FCC started charging today. Today is today is the day. If we yeah. we we. But well, what's uh, what's the uh, what's the charge now? How much is the charge? I uh, how much? I think it's 35 bucks. 35 for 10 years yeah yeah three dollars and a half a year and there's so many people complaining about that three dollars and a half oh they you know they're gonna complain about anything you know, Tom. that's what's that what's that 35 cents a week or something i don't know what it is man you know i got lucky mine came up for renewal like january or february or something like that so I got it renewed for free, so I'm good for ten more years. Yeah. So I've got thirty-five more bucks to spend in the Dayton flea market. All right. My well. my, uh, my license expired on the tenth of December of twenty twenty-one. I did the exposition out in uh, uh, Marlboro, and I did a tech in a day thing there, and I filled out an actual sick. 605 for renewal with a copy of my license and I sent it in with the exam package. I get a phone call from Maria. She says to me, you, you realize we can't put that in more than 60 days in advance. I says, well, I'd rather you hold on to it, put it in when you can. I says, and just let me know when when, when my stuff is upgraded. I just got my best sticker there upgraded. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you said that. I think I need to get mine upgraded. Yep. Gonna have to get with them. Get a hold of Maria. I mean, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll hook you up. Oh yeah. They got an eight hundred number there, Glenn. You know. Oh yeah. I've I've got hotlines into everybody up there now. Come on. I'm sure you do. I went. <laughs> I, I went. I held an impromptu. I held an impromptu in-person exam Thursday at the Rock. Court Library in Rockport, Massachusetts. This woman, she says, I want to get my license and I want to do it today. And I said, fine. I got three, two other VEs that lived in the local Gloucester area. We met her there. We gave her the, we gave her the test. I went out to the front 
desk and I said, I need to borrow your fax machine. I just went and sent the stuff through like you wouldn't believe. And I got home and I picked up the phone and I called and they said, uh, you sent it into the membership fax machine? <laughs> and I says, oh, well, they brought it over anyways. I says, oh, well, here's my credit card for the $15 and, you know, get it on. Get it on. And she had the license the next day. So that's oh, all I worried about. Good folks up there. You know, absolutely just great folks. All right, so Mark here, he came up with a, a, a formula here for the for the paying. It's a penny a day for 10 years. Well, I can really? do that, I think. Yeah, penny, can, a, penny a day, man. I can take that you gave me. You can't buy anything for a penny anymore. Man. No, I'll just use the raise you gave me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Glenn, take the raise you gave that Tom gave you and add a penny to it. Yeah, that, that'll right. cover me. Yeah. All right, all right. So you got you guys know the thing about you know you put a penny, you save a penny the first day, and you double it, you save two pennies the next day, and then three pennies the next day, and then you save four pennies the next day. In in less in a, in a month, in a month you'll have something like a million dollars. Have you done the math on that? Well, I haven't found anybody with that many pennies that I can rob. But, I mean, people, it's it's hard to believe if you just increase it by one penny a day. Oh, yeah. For 30 days, you're a millionaire. No, so, it's not 30 days. I think it is. You have, you have to double it, not just increase it, it by a penny. Well, you maybe, have to double. Is it double? Now, if you double Yeah, I guess it, you're, you're probably right. You have to double it. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, then that's yeah. going to be 2 to the 30 or, you know, yeah, I think 2 to the 30th or 29th power or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a rather significant number, yes. Oh, wow. Now I, I would go to the cafeteria at work, and I pay in cash, and I'd have a pocket full of change, just loose change. So every night I'd come home from work and I'd pile it onto a little card table. I did that for three years, and I noticed this big pile of change, and the table was sagging. Yeah. And I figured there's some serious poundage going on there. I better sort that this weekend. So I got one of those coin sorters, stack of batteries. We went through several batteries. I was going to say, you went through a few stacks of batteries. I took it to the, I, I bagged it up into rolls, took all weekend. I had to roll it into the bank in a suitcase. <laughs> well, I bet they loved you. When I started to pile all those rolls up, the teller just eyes rolled. But it was one thousand and twenty-three dollars. Oh yeah! Wow! Pocket change for three years. I used to throw all of my change into one of those five-gallon uh, water jugs, and you know, waited until it got just about full. And yeah, it was a significant amount of money. I want to say it's about five, six hundred dollars back then. But now, I I don't get change at all. You know, I'm using my card about ninety percent of the time now, so I don't, I don't deal with that little metal stuff anymore. All right. Well, I use cash for is to, to get gasoline on Thursday. If you pay cash, they take eight cents off a gallon, so it's three eighty four. So if you take off, uh, yeah, it, it, it it's it equals, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Hey, we need some more people to call in and make this thing exciting. Oh, this is after the show show. Uh, I think he just said we weren't exciting enough, guys. We're not exciting enough tonight, guys. I mean, I, I apologize, but uh, I'm hearing some pretty <laughs> pretty good. Uh, what else? How, how, what's the adjective I need? What kind of a discussion? Uh, well, I think it could be better if we Both could get three. some. Yeah, if we could get some more people in here, guys, and join us, we'd love to have you tonight. So give us a call. This is after show show. Uh, the show uh, first hour was about ham radio. The last hour is about anything and everything. We're talking about pennies, and I don't know what else we're talking about. I put the uh, link in the chat room. Uh, go ahead and. I need to start giving some prizes out. I really do. I'm just getting lazy. Uh, I've talked to a few vendors, and maybe we'll start doing that. Maybe uh, in the next uh, uh, couple weeks, we'll try to give some prizes out uh, to people on the show here. Uh, how many in the chat room are coming to uh, Xenia this year? It's only four weeks away. How many are coming to Xenia? And uh, how many are going to come to uh, Huntsville? Tell us... Uh, I'm going to try Huntsville, but I'm not going to guarantee. So you're going to try it? I'm going to try. The house went into probate last week. So uh, we'll we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. Now, my demon children, I I don't get to do field day this year. We're going to be in Huntsville at a cat show. Mm. Oh! uh, Take pictures. We want to (laughs) see. Yep, the monster's going to be, it may be their last cat show. I still haven't decided because it uh, looks like there's another outfit that's going to be doing a whole bunch more shows in Huntsville, uh, about one every three or four months. So I may let them go for another year to those shows. And uh, But, yeah, we are going to spend field day weekend. I may run over to the, the Huntsville Club, the K4BFT Club, because they're on the grounds there at the Rocket Center. Yeah, that is, is that is a great site. Uh, and we it's, will look forward to seeing you there. It's right across the street from the, the hotel where we stay at for the cat show. So there's no reason uh-huh. for me not to hop, skip, and a jump over there. I tell you, they man, hey, hey, they're there Huntsville. Hey, you put your little tent up out there. You run your wire over there and I hook it to the bottom fin of the uh, Saturn V. Yeah. Put a tuner on it. Put a tuner on it, and you load that yeah. thing up. Wouldn't that make a good light antenna? Light that candle for me. It'd be real broadbanded. And look, I mean, it, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when you I when mean, you I give me that thing from my uh, my back porch, I can actually see it. Oh wow! It looks like a yeah. little white flagpole. It's twenty miles away from me. Oh good. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that would make a great antenna, and I, I it'd be a great story when they when they ask you, you know, uh, what's your antenna? You can say I'm using a Saturn Five, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See who we got coming in here. We got Tim coming in. And we got Ron coming in and joining us. I don't know if I got Tim or not. Let's see. I'm trying to get Tim in here. Where Tim? Yeah, go? I can see the. Oh, there's Ron. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Good morning, Ron. How you doing, man? And Tim came by. Yep, Tim's in there. Tim's with us every week, man. And there we go. All right. How do I get the screen off? Oh, there's off? Ron. Speak of the devil. I don't I don't know how I missed you at that last scene yet because I was looking for you. 
And I ended up looking at the catalog and said, oh, my God, I must have walked right past him and never saw. I must have been we looking were, right. Uh, we were right there next. We were sort of back-to-back -back with, um, what do you call it, back-to-back -back with Yesu. Yeah. Along one I, side that, of Yesu. I, I must have been looking at Yesu and never even bothered looking the other direction. Yeah, if they you walked that... through Yesu and made a U-turn, you'd come back down our aisle. <laughs> I don't know how I missed. Yeah, Taff in the uh, chat room has a question about FCC enforcement. We'll see if we can answer his FCC enforcement. We'll yeah. probably we'll probably give him five different answers here. Yeah, bring it, Taff. We got at least six different answers for you, so yeah. you get to pick one. You know, the answers are. I, I'm old school. You know, 50 years yeah. ago, the, the answers, answers are were yes, no, I don't know. We'll have to look that up, and uh, we'll have our people get with your people and find the answer for you. Well, you know, and, and Glenn, the answers are different nowadays than it was when I was. You know, when I started oh, I know out. It. So. Yeah, well, the laws of physics have changed. Yeah, that's true. Do they actually enforce rules when operators use excessive power anymore? Well, uh, yes. Um. They've just got that new volunteer observer program that uh, Raleigh Hollingsworth was talking to us about last week. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, they, they will track you down if they, if they hear about it and if they know about it. You know, they, you'll probably get reported. Well, depends on what frequency they're on, right? 15, well, that's true, too. Say HF, right? Yeah. What I, I want to know is why are all these bloody technicians going to 40, 80, and 15 meters and working FT8, and then when they get cited by Riley Hollinsworth and his group, they get on Facebook and say, oh, well, I didn't know about that. Well, look, there is a ban plan. <laughs> well, okay? they think they, they're, they're, interpreting, they're <laughs> interpreting the rules incorrectly. They think digital falls into CW or something, and they think they're allowed to work, but they're not. You know. I like that T-shirt there, yeah, Ron. Yeah, I like that T-shirt, Ron. Oh, you like, you like uh, Nikki? She's one of our uh, booth helpers. Yeah. And uh, we'll have those again this year. Yeah, and Taft, uh, if it's a CB user running the tens of kilowatts, uh, Raleigh Hollingsworth and his group, they strictly hand bands. That would have to go through FCC, and I'm sure they've got an enforcement division, but like everybody else, they're shorthanded. So yeah. who's to say? And I think as a general rule, and this will be my personal opinion and not the opinion of the management or anybody else here, but when it comes to the CB band, just got to throw your hands up because everybody's doing it, and is it really worth the time and trouble to deal with it? Well, he said, uh, you know, tens of thousands of watts. I, I think anything, maybe the rules have changed, but anything over five watts was against the, the rules. Yeah, well, yeah, but then you also used yeah. to not be able to use skip and That's true. all yeah. that. Now yeah. they've, they've kind of, you used to have to have a license. Yeah, and, yeah. And now they've kind of just waived all that. It's just like, you know. Who, who really, you know, really, to be honest, you know, that's kind of a dying band anyway. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You've got your hardcore folks, but it's it's one of those diminishing returns on your investment in manpower. Uh, well, I look at it this way, you know, I tell the people, Follow the rules. 
Yeah. I mean, you're talking to the guy. Let's see. Statute of limitations has run out for us novices, right, Tom? Yeah, it has. Yeah. Okay. You know, this is the guy that had an HW16 that the guy who built it replaced that TV sweep tube with the 6146. So instead of the 75 watt in, I had closer to 90, 95, and I think my knob was always all the way to the right. Well, I so never I did that. I, I had a 150 watt transmitter, and I never took it above 75 watts. Nope, I was. I was clearly 90 in. But, you know, back then, all the time. But back the, then, 50 years ago, it, what, 60 years that? ago. One tenth of a dB? You know, back then, and though, people had the anyway people people had the uh, the feeling that they supported and abided by the rules back then. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we thought they were very serious, you know. Oh, they were. They were yeah. when they they when they come up to your house. They were nap stepping when they come through the front door. Yeah. They want to know what you had and how you had it and what you logged in and this that and the other. And uh, I'm telling you, I I didn't have it at my place, but I know people that did. <laughs> yeah. Well, things are a lot different now. It's a lot more relaxed. Well, my novice transmitter had a single 6146. It was capable of about 90 watts. Yep. And I had a little grease pencil mark on the meter. <laughs> yeah. That where where to put it for 75. Right. Watts. And I bet I bet that's where you ran it, wasn't it? You didn't go over 75. Yeah, I was yeah. 14 years old and I was terrified. 13 years old and I was terrified. That's right. Well, I was I was walking the edge when I did it and I knew it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when you really look at the number. That was like what one tenth of a dB or one tenth of an S unit improvement. Was it really worth all that? No. Let me look this up for Glenn. I'll see if the statute yeah. of limitations has ended. I... Now, what year Probably was that? Not. What year was that, Glenn? That was 1973. 73. Get my calculator here. I tell you, Glenn. Yeah, there's a there's there's a there's a five thousand dollar reward and it is still good. I can turn you in right now, man. Oh yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, uh, I'll just leave cookies and milk out by the door for the agents when they come to get me. Yeah. Now, hearing that those tubes ran at about fifty percent. Yeah. So you're seventy five watts out. Was uh, you're you're seventy five watts input. Input. Power. Input. Your 75 yeah. watts input was 37 watts out. Exactly. Yeah. And you're and if you cranked it all the way up to 90 watts, you could get out of a 6146. You had 45 watts out. Yeah. Yeah, so but the, the rule was the rule the rule was 75 the rule watts was input. 75 watts input though. Yeah. So you crank that up to 90 instead of 75, and you got an extra eight watts. Yeah. Wow. Out, out of your uh, yeah 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 yeah. Well. Things have really changed a lot. Um, if we had had back then, if we'd had back then the radios that we have now, uh, it would have been a miracle. Oh yeah, you know well, DX, DX for me back then might have been working in Nevada. You know, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. see, for me, the chirp on my HW16 was horrible. They wouldn't even allow that thing on the air today with you know that you, much chirp. Yeah, you would think you were from Bulgaria. Pretty much, yeah. There was yeah, a I there was a ham. Exactly when the Bulgarian hams, the band was open to Bulgaria because they always had a chirp. Yeah, yeah, and Keith, I was crystal controlled. Yeah. But the HW16 still had enough of a power regulator shift, 
when you transmitted that it would chirp just horribly. You know, it, so, you didn't even know. So, yeah, I'll back then. I mean, there you go, right there. I, I got 7192. That right there, folks, that's how we used to transmit right there. That's, have, that that puts you on 7192. And I have a whole box of those I just found. Yeah, yeah I got a I got a sock up here. But uh, you know, I was uh, I was a novice, and uh, there was this guy in Tennessee. Con was his name. W4EBG. He's probably been a silent key for 40 years, but. He was uh, he was one of the guys that run like you know, twenty kilowatts, probably plate modulated AM, really strong guy. And one time he was listening in a novice band, so I called him in. I called him on code, and he answered me on voice. I heard him there, and he told me I sounded like a piccolo. And he, you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. tell, you shouldn't tell novices stuff like that, you know. We don't just, know better. They're just learning, you know. Telling me I sound like a piccolo. Let me show you something, though. You were showing off your crystal? Yeah. Joe Eisenberg 3D printed me this case. Oh, yeah? And it's got one of the tiny, yeah. you know, tiny crystals Yeah. Uh, in it. and But it's a standard FT243. uses Molex pins for the plug. And boom, there's, there's a crystal from HW16. Yeah. Very cool. I, I have a crystal that has a little knob on it that you can turn that that, that uh, causes a pressure change on the crystal. Oh, wow. We could actually move it in frequency. It was now, in I, I remember, you know, popping the cover off and using a pencil eraser on the, the crystal. Yeah. Well, a pencil eraser would take it. A pencil eraser would take it one way. Or a lot of people would use uh, toothpaste. Like, you know, you take toothpaste yeah, and you scrub it down toothpaste. Yeah, the lead from the pencil. Graphite <laughs> would take you down a little bit, and then if you took the FT243 apart and set the crystal down on a piece of glass and put a little cleanser, a little Ajax or Comet or something on there. Yeah. Or, wet it just know, a little bit and grind, you know, just sort of grind it around a little bit. You could make it, you could bring it up. So here's um you know this is typical crystal that we would use right exactly. there but uh, here's um here's a US Navy crystal there was a lot of surface crystals out too that was a little bit bigger than that one but uh that was a this was a US Navy hmm got another navy one here i guess yeah but we I'll like look for, I'll look for the one that's got a knob on it uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those with the knob on them. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah I like uh, the FT243 because you could, you know, they had those three screws and you could open the case and do stuff. You know, the, the later, what the HC6 were the steel cans, oh, yeah. you couldn't do diddly with those. Yeah, I'm wondering yeah, if there I had my. Mark in the chat room, if you use toothpaste on the crystal. <laughs> yep, been there, done that. Yeah, toothpaste to do it. It'll change the frequency oh yeah key clicks those were fun too oh gosh yeah now my hw16 didn't have clicks it had chirp then when you use the hg10 vfo it, the power regulation cleaned up and it didn't chirp anymore 
when my great uncle W H U N, um, he started. He got his first license in 1921 or 22, somewhere in there. And there were no W's or K's or N's or A's in front of the call. It just was eight. Yeah. Eight and three letters. Eight CQJ or something like that. And so for the first few years, it was just eight. Uh, they had caller. But he was big on spark gap and had quite a few conversations with spark gap until AM radio really took off. Wow. And he would wipe out half the town when he got on the air, so he had to give up Spark, uh, spark Gap. He's well, like a well, Bill, maybe you can tell me, Bill. Bill, this I just uh, this looks like a little military box. I just opened it up. 27, 27.8. And it has the typical military wrapping paper. Let's see. That, that, uh, that paper, and I unrolled it. It's a crystal. But look, I've never, I've never really seen one like this. I can't. It's not big enough on my screen. Not big enough, we'll see. I think maybe that's a flux capacitor. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, maybe so. Can you see that? Is that better? Oh yeah, that's a flux capacitor for, for sure. Look at that. That's a that's a crystal, but it's got um, it's got leads on both ends. So that's uh, it's kind of unique. Uh, it's, it's wrapped in your uh. Their little uh, looks like their Kleenex paper. The military used to wrap this stuff in, and and uh, it was in a in a box. This first time I've ever opened it, I never. I figured it was just a regular crystal. I don't think I can get it back in the box now. There we go. Well, things are useless without the box, Tom. You gotta yeah, get yeah. 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 No, I think oh, I, I have a TR4B. Yeah, I have a Drake TR4B, R4B, and in the back of it, I, there's like 10 crystals. And I'm saying to myself, well, I'm not going to do anything with the crystals in case I need it. I guess these people did uh, Mars, and, you know, so I said, well, I'll just keep them in case I need them. You know, I had, you were talking about that HP 10 VFO. I think I may have told this story but I had a Knight B44 VFO, and the thing was so microphonic. Yeah. And I had another ham who lived probably less than a thousand feet from me when I was a teenager, and this thing was so microphonic that I could put on the spot switch and yell at the thing. And if he tuned off to the side, he could you can you can modulate it. You can modulate it, huh? Just by vibrating, talking. Self detected the FM. Yeah. I tuned wow. off to the side a little bit. It was so microphonic that I could yell at the V44 box. No microphone, no nothing. Just yell at the box. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these companies that made these crystals, they've gone out of business. Uh, you know, everything is now synch, uh, uh, what uh, synthesized and all that stuff. You know, your DDS and all that kind of stuff. You know, and. But uh, this was go a good old this radio was... store went back when there were ham radio stores. Yeah. And there'd be this little yellow stand up rack on the counter that had a couple of rows of crystals. Crystals, yeah. yeah. Well, you only needed a few because you'd call, you'd make a call on one, and the, the person answered you, he was always on a different crystal. Nobody's crystals matched. 
you know, he would call you on a different frequency, and uh, that's how it used to work. Yeah, there was I International Crystal, Fox Crystal. What was that, Bill? International Crystal, Fox Crystal. I'm not familiar with Fox. I remember every time I bought a new 2-meter HT, I had to get all new crystals. Yeah, you yeah. Because they didn't interchange between the various rigs. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I spent a boatload of money with International Crystal. Yeah. I need to build up a little transmitter put put a crystal in it. And... Wow. But, I mean, I ordered Jan that set of... I forgot about Jan, yeah. Yeah, Jan. Jan was I good just, back then. Um, one of the, um, I don't know if it was for the BIDX or one of the, the QRP transceivers, there's a company out there that'll sell you a set of 10 crystals, but they're the, the tiny, you know, yeah. Arduino uh, CPU size crystal. But that's what fits, that's why Joe started 3D printing these little cases. And it's just got that little crystal, and you just solder it into the Molex connectors, fit it in, and boom. So, so. probably the old-timers will know what that is, that crystal. Oh, yeah, that looks like 100 kilohertz. That's 100, that's 100 kilohertz. Yeah, the marker. That's, that's the a 100, marker 100 kilohertz yeah. crystal right there, and that's, yeah. uh, that's for calibrating your radio dial right there. Every 100 kilohertz, it would put a... It would put a carrier on your uh, receiver, and you could adjust your dial, and you know, every hundred kilohertz, you could you kind of calibrate. Wow, I don't know why I'm keeping this stuff. I don't know. You know, I bought the HW16 to refurbish here a couple of years ago, and that's been the hardest part is finding crystals use with it in case i didn't want to use the vfo or what have yeah. you i want to i want to re rebuild it and have it working with crystals first and then rebuild the vfo or, now, you know, now glenn yes. when uh, remember the crystal oscillators in the can the, the four pins that were on a dip socket they they uh they put out a fair amount of power actually and so uh, one one of the frequencies that was standard was 28.322 megahertz in the 10 meters band. And uh, I did a lot of uh, transmitters with that. Uh, one fellow took a, a lantern battery, one of those little 28.322 oscillators, and hooked it up to his antenna with a Morse code key. And he was able to work all states on 10 meters when the band was really hot. Oh, wow. Um, and he still had juice in that battery when he was done. It took oh, him about phenomenal. a year to work all states on 50 milliwatts. And so, but I worked up a little circuit where I varied the supply voltage and I AM modulated one and made a little AM transmitter out oh, of it. And it worked really well. Oh, phenomenal. James Knight, that's the name I think. James Knight. Sandwich Knights mm -hmm. Crystal. Yeah. Yeah, I no think for me it was international no which were owned by uh, Allied Radio. Well, and you know, and then there was a secret too on, on uh, the uh, 15 meters, uh, 21 megahertz. You had a 40 meter crystal. You could you could use the third harmonic here, I guess, and you could uh, yeah. you could get on 15 meters with a 40 meter crystal. That was kind of cool. 
You know, my entire novice career, all I did was 15 meters because I didn't have room to stick a 40 meter antenna up at my parents' house. So I had a two element 15 meter beam and that's all I ever did with novice. Fortunately, you know, the sunspot cycle, it wasn't up and it wasn't down. It was kind of in the middle. So fortunately I could get out there and make contacts on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, I, I probably had just an 80-meter antenna up. I don't remember. I, I don't think I ever put a 40 up. But I'm yeah, see, Now that I've discovered 40, I'm like, how did I live without 40? But you know what? Back then, back then, I didn't know about, of course, maybe it's because I was in a little town of 900 people and didn't, you know, we didn't have the Internet. I didn't have any club, didn't have anything like that. You were on your own. I didn't know about the antennas like we have today, like this off-center fed antenna that will work all bands, yeah. you know. I had an 80-meter antenna. If I had an 80-meter off-center fit, I could have worked at 40 and, yeah, you know. same here. Tor- tor- well, you know. You know, this, you know, MFJ didn't start with their tuners until, what, 79, 77? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like of course, the, the Pi Network and our transmitters were very broad-banded, and well, actually, it, it was almost a tuner built in, you know. He started in 72, so he yeah. started about the same time that I got into ham radio, yeah. but I didn't hear about him. You know, I got my first MFJ tuner in 79, 80, thereabouts. Well, and we didn't even have, uh, you know, back then you could, there was an article in the handbook, you could build your own SWR meter, but it wasn't anything fancy today like the dual, dual needles where they crisscross, and you can read it, uh, Back then, you could build a uh, SWR meter, but then you had to do all the math to see what the SWR was. I think you had to, what, multiply the two numbers together and then divide by the, the sum of both or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you had and, to do the math with it. Yeah, so, you know, we didn't have SWR meters back then. Um, we didn't have watt meters back then. We used a light just bulb. it up to the antenna and, you know, went with the formula and said, there we go. And thankfully, the HW16 was forgiving enough that it didn't care. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the Pi Network, and it's just like having a built-in tuner in it. It would match a really you know, but pretty broad no, range. I, I, I didn't have enough room in my parents' house for a 40-meter dipole. That just, that lot wasn't big enough. Yeah. And, uh, fortunately, I had the 15-meter beam, and that's about all I had. And then, I mean, I really didn't get on 40. Gosh. Ooh. Not until field day recently, 20 years ago. Well, back uh, back in the early 60s. I must leave. Goodbye. Go ahead. Good night. You know, back in the early uh, 60s, I got on six meters, and uh, that was a fun band. That band was hot back then, man. And um, I built a little three-element six-meter beam and put it up there at the house little tv antenna rotor on it and i was talking from you know from arkansas i was talking into new york and that area you know like every day it was just coming in crystal clear yeah oh six meters can be fun when it opens up well i think the uh, sunspot cycle is getting really good now we're we're on that we're on that that edge now where it's starting the bands are starting to get really good yeah so i think the next open up it's going to get better and better, but it's pretty hot right now, and I think the next two or three years, it's going to be some good operating. 
It, it will. I'm really looking forward to 10 Meters coming back alive again. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite bands. Right now, I have a 10 milliwatt beacon going on uh, Whisper on 10 Meters. And I'm getting coverage just about every day from here in Alabama. I'm being received in Hawaii, the mm -hmm. west coast of the U.S., and the Canary Islands. Just about every day. I'm getting coverage on those, and it's a pretty long skip. Yeah. Uh, but every day I get a hit for several hours during the day on location. Sometimes even Brazil. So, I mean, it's just amazing what 10 milliwatts will do if the band's hot. Oh, yeah. And you there's know, back one or two days where there hasn't been anything, but uh, most it's really starting to pick up. Dwayne yeah. has a question about 6 meter AM. Go ahead, Dwayne, put your uh, put your question in the chat room. Yeah, now that I remember back in 80 something uh that late 70s friend of mine had a 10 meter converted CB rig in his car for, for 10. And gosh, that was just so much fun to be working 10 meter mobile. When I was first into ham radio, 6 meters Super hot. I was right at the, one of the big sunspot peaks, and we got these uh, old Motorola uh, FM radios, and we were working six meter FM all over the country uh, from our cars. The system, awesome. Yeah, I had uh, I, I had a bunch of those old uh, Motorola trunk mount VHF radios, like six radio. meters six meters or whatever and you know again crystal control maybe one frequency maybe two and yeah, uh 52, five two five yeah, was the yeah frequency and they had meter repeaters that we could talk to and we'd talk and and blur down the caribbean texas on six meter fm it was just incredible picture I got up here was from January of 1967 when we had such a huge snowstorm that the snow was practically up to the top of the house. Wow. And if you look right in between the two boys, who are actually me and my brother, <clears throat> you can see the end of, of a 40-meter uh, inverted V <laughs> that I was using as a novice in 1967. Very cool. But mm. not a, no, I had my general. By 67, I had my yeah. Yeah, my first two meter rig was uh, General Electric Pre Progress line that had been slightly modified, but dear God, that thing was a tank. <laughs> All tube based running mobile with that thing. You know, it had a vibrator no, power supply. Yeah, I had a dynamotor on one of my six meter radios in the car. That thing you crank it up and you hear that whirr and then your lights would dim yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so Dwayne is asking do people still do six meter am i you know i don't know i haven't been on six meters in quite a while i think there's a anybody doing am on six meter fm yes but i think uh, there's a group out there that does am on six yeah there's there's some amers that are hanging out yeah, on every every old, band old am purists yeah. yeah yeah they're hanging out on every we used band to do the lunch boxes all the time on two meters and on six meters yeah uh, we had a ball with this uh heat kit lunch box yeah i mean 
you know, I've, I've got six meters in the car and I just need to, to tune the antenna, start playing there some. But I'm, it looks like I'm going to be coming to Huntsville an awful lot over the next couple months. Seems like every three months there's a cat show over in the Huntsville area. So this demon child may just be making the run to Huntsville. Hey, let me know when you're uh, over here and I'll come out and see the show. I went to a cat show years ago. It was a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to be at the cat show this year on field day weekend at the JC Center out by the airport. Oh, okay. I'll be uh, I'll be at the Huntsville field day site in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the, like I say, we stay at the La Quinta right across the, the road there. Yeah, this, I, usually, this... I usually hop around to a couple different field days. There's one in Decatur, Alabama, Decatur Club, Huntsville Club, sometimes the Athens Club, and I always run CW uh, for each club. I love I... CW, so that's my favorite mode. It, I've hated it. You know, I've missed field days like probably five out of the last six years. Cause it always falls on this one cat show weekend and it's one of the few shows that I can drive to. So it's kind of like flip a coin. Do I miss the cat show or do I miss field day? Hey, and, uh, put antennas on them and, uh, and you can transmit from the cat cat show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just strap a little, you know, FT eight fifty seven on the back with a, with a 40, 40 foot whip. Hey, they're big enough. <laughs> they really are. It's kind of well, like, you know, feeding a pair of Shetland ponies. Uh-huh. Well, All right, guys, it looks like. All kinds it, of radios have cat control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like we have moved into Are we Japan. on the coast of Japan there? Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Wow. Let's fix the update here in about one minute. Let's see if it puts us over on the on the land there. So what are, what's our speed? 117. 117. Our Not spe bad. Speed's 117. If we can hold that, we got to make some time up, man. It, it, these, these laps are starting to take too long, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm impressed. You know, this these little cheap balloons are, are doing really good. Yeah, and Bill just got his uh, uh, stash of them in this week, and... Uh, We'll let him help us evaluate them. I did a uh, flight test, had KG5TED, flew one without pressure testing it, without inflating it first. Yeah. And it failed at 27,000 or so. Uh, probably they do need to be inflated first at yeah. the test amount. All right, we just got an update, and boy, jump we we came well, right like there. Yeah, moving right out. Yeah, there, there's on. Ron's getting warm on top of the rigs. Let's <laughs> see. Yeah. You know, I'm that, was, uh, that was not mine. That belonged to my uh, friend, who's now a silent P. Uh, but that's a perfectly uh, good example of an older 1970s. Oh yeah. Control. Oh yeah. <laughs> 1970s cat control there. Well, mine has discovered that the UPS on the floor puts out a great deal of heat. So in the winter, that's that's her napping spot. 
Well, I had a tube monitor, one of those big, big 19-inch tube monitors on my computer, and my cat decided that the top of that monitor was the place to be. Well, those so get I'd warm. To, I'd have to brush the tail and the paws, sometimes its head, away from the screen so I could see. And yeah. I'm pretty sure my cat decided that I just sat there all day admiring her beauty. <laughs> exactly. But, oh, she's gone now. This one, when she comes up, I have basically three computers here that I can rotate between. And, you know, my work one, my work laptop's here, my personal stuff's going here, and I've got the other one here for looking stuff up. And she will jump up and get right in the middle. And I, so I turn to go to the other one, and she comes over and gets in the middle of, of that one. I turn over here, and she comes walking over and gets in the way again. And I'm like, I give up. And the, the yeah. goal is you have to pick her up and hold her, and then she's happy for about five or ten minutes, and then she gets up and goes away and leaves you alone for about a half hour. And we do this all day long. Uh, I'm going to answer a quick question. There are not two maidenhead coordinates. Uh, one of what looks like the main head coordinates is the telemetry call sign um, on the uh, that that we use for the second transmission on Whisper to embed telemetry. And in Tom's case, what is it? One blank eight. Is no, this is, a, this is a Q. This is a QL seven here. Q Q seven. Yeah, Q seven. Okay. Q something seven. Something, something, something. So QL7SKI. And so the 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 items that aren't the Q and the seven, uh, we can embed temperature, bad solar power panel voltage, and the fifth and sixth characters of a grid square. So if you so take that, that if you, way, yeah, yeah, you take you the, add that to the first call sign, which is W5KUB. Second call sign is QX7XXX, um, where you embed the telemetry and that in the power field. So you can get things like uh, finer altitude, temperature, yeah. solar panel voltage, and the six-digit grid square that way. So, uh, But it also does have, in the output on the Python, the Python script is running on my computer and on Tom's computer. It grabs the whisper data from whispernet.org it can decodes the telemetry reformats it into an APRS formatted string sends that to the APRS servers so it shows up on APRS FI and also tracker.havpub.org just like it was an APRS transmission even though it isn't it's coming from whisper but the Python script makes that magic happen We got just a few more minutes here before we sign off on our radio station. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. You're listening out there on WBCQ on 7490. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable. We're on every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on 7490. And you can tune in and watch the show live. It's a video show. You can go to W5KUB.com and join us on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So 
we got just a few more minutes on our shortwave uh, spot here. Holy cow, what is going on on 40 meter CW? Well, we got something going on? I tell you, the band's getting good. That's probably DX. Yep, bands are waking up. Man, it's a, it's a lot going on there. I yeah, I was listening the other night, and all I was hearing on 40 meters was DX stations. I was hearing Europe. Just of some sort? What kind of... I don't know. Weird. I don't think there's a contest during the week. Well, you know, was it yesterday or today, Ham Radio Day or World Ham Radio Day? Now, maybe maybe just a bunch of people got on. I don't know. What what band is that? 40. 40. Oh. Holy cow. Pile up on seven oh three three four three. Seven oh three three. Forty. I mean seventy. Well, CW seventy three seventy three three. Seven oh three three. Turn the volume up, Ron, and we'll see see who's giving the, the pileup there. Oh, good heaven. That's a big pileup. Yeah, now the question is, whoever is working them, is he up or down five? Hmm. First mistake, answering back on his frequency. AW0X. I don't even know where JW Zero is. JW Zero? Uh, oh, that's uh, an island off of Japan. That's probably a special island. Yeah. That's uh, Svalbard. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Right that's that's Svalbard. Okay, Svalbard. S V A L B A R. JW Zero X. J W Zero X. Is that what it was? JW. I would have thought that was. Right there. That is. What? Is it JW Zero X? Yeah, that's who they're calling. Swab Bard is Swab. That's north of uh, Russia and east of Swab Finland. Bard. I was going to say it has that Norse. Yeah, Swab Bard. Wow. I don't think I've ever worked in. There's it's a de expedition. Yeah, that's a de expedition call according to QRZ. Oh, okay. Well, it certainly explains the pileup. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the band sound like it's in good shape tonight, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, for a pile-up at yeah. 9, you know, 10 o'clock. Man. That much activity on 40 I'll meters. tell you what. Man, if I wasn't hungry for my popcorn and sleepy to go take, go to bed, I'd get on the air tonight. Yeah, that's me. I've got, you know, fortunately, I work from home tomorrow. Oh, you can sleep till noon. No, 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 no. Yeah. Did, I got I got to put in a full day's work. They got a uh, they got an ankle bracelet on you. Not really, but in between phone calls and emails, I get to go play over on the lab side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I say, I'm I kind of have 
guess you could say open mouth and inserted foot. And I'm pretty much on the hook for three books instead of one. Yeah. And they're basically three books as fast as I can turn them out. So I did it to myself. <laughs> By the way, that wasn't a uh, that wasn't any kind of fancy flex radio or anything you're looking at. I was that wondering. Was a, that was a twenty dollar SDR dongle hanging off the IF ah. of a thirty five year old icon. There you go. Mm-hmm. I had that. Uh, I put the IF board in my FT nine fifty to get I've me the I've got one of those Funcube dongles. Pro Plus, the one that does HF, and it does a pretty decent job on HF for a $200 dongle from Great Britain. That uh, They really work well, and I use that monitor HF uh, when I'm listening to the whisper bands, uh, just anything. Uh, I'm dying. This icon for as old as it is, that's an old icon 735. I'm oh, gosh, I love the 735. And it's got a 70-meg first IF. Yeah. So you take any of these cheap $10 SDR dongles, and 70 meg is just right in the wheelhouse. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, I think I'm going to sign off. It's getting kind of late here, and uh, I think we've talked enough about pennies and different things tonight. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe we can have something a little better next week. Uh, hope so, anyway. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I'm ready to turn it. Yeah, there we go. And now well, you got me I want to say good night, everybody. Yeah, you got me wanting to turn on 40, but I know if I do that, I'll never get any sleep. Yeah, now the question yeah, is, too. do I want to use the key or do I want to use the bug restoration project? <laughs> All right, well, good night to everybody in the chat room. Save me three, everybody in the chat room. We'll see you next week. See ya. See y'all. We'll see you, Tim. Thanks for joining us, man. And, Tom, I guess we'll see you in uh, Dayton. Yeah, yeah, we'll be up there. Uh, Four weeks, we'll be there. The uh, We had been in Building 3 right next to, uh, well, you knew where our spot was. Well, no, I, I remember you I remember you out in a, in a tent. Well, we were in the we were only in the tent that one first year. Oh, really? Okay. And the year yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. I remember. Yeah. Water in our booth and everything I remember. Like yeah. And, uh, but the rest of the the other years we've been in building three right next to Casey. But apparently, uh, some of the, the they were trying to just sort of move things around to make things a little more efficient. Yeah. They're actually you guys. If you come in from building three to building two, there's a door there. And I think if you come in that door and turn left, that's where you are. And if you yeah, I'm right under door, I'm right under that covered walkway, right there, that door that comes in. Right. Yeah. If, if yeah. you walked in that door and turned left, you, yeah. you would be right there. Yeah. If uh -huh. you walked in that door and turned right, so just the other side of the door, that's where we're going to be. Okay. All right. I got you. All right, guys. I'm gone. Good night, man. I'd, I'd like to All stay right. here and talk to you, but I'm getting hungry. Yep. Okay. See you all next week. We'll see you. Good night, Good night. everybody. Good night. Enjoyed it.